0: Amen. Thank you for coming this morning. It's very good to have you here. And I know the Lord has something good for you. Something very good. try to we have been talking about the last couple weeks on uh, on our fellowship with the Lord our fellowship with the Holy Spirit our fellowship with God the Father our fellowship with The Word of God. You remember that? And the connection we can have with each other. And how we actually get connected. Now let's assume, let's say, we have been connected with the Father. We have been connected with Jesus Christ. We have been connected with the Holy Spirit. It should be good now. It should be all good. We are connected with the power. We are connected directly with the Father, the creation of the universe. We are connected with the Holy Spirit. We have the word. We know what we need to do. We should be rejoicing because our name is written in the book of life. We should be just jumping around and dancing and singing and celebrating day in and day out, 24-7. Because that's really what we should be doing, by the way. I know we still live in this world. There's no, we still have issues, and that's exactly what I want to talk about tonight or this morning. So I want us to uh, start thinking a little deeper into certain reactions that you and I have, or certain things that we are unable to do, even knowing that we have been freed to do. We do not do them because something is holding us back. Now, there's a Bible verse, and I will ask somebody to put it up there. Jesus said, don't you have a saying? It is still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. What does it say? It doesn't say that it's because we have the connection with God, we have the connection with the Holy Spirit, we have the connection with the Word, we are being saved. And what now? Well, now we should be somehow putting it out there. And we talked about it last Sunday. We should now be able to speak it out, to tell others, because there is now a joy in us that prompts us to do these things. And then Jesus comes along and says, you know what? Hey, look at the harvest. Just open your eyes. Now that you have been illuminated, now that you have been saved, now that you have been transformed, you have been forgiven, you have been loved, you have been, your name name is in the book of life, everything, it's all now there. Now that you know your position in the kingdom, now that you know everything, or just about everything you need to know, let's put it this way, we don't know everything, but... Now that you know all these things, now look around you and see how many people don't have what you have. And then somehow we are a little scared. We are a little hmm. We open our eyes, but yeah, we see the fields, yeah. But uh, you know, when it comes to me saying anything, I'm I'm not sure. (coughs) Over the next, we know that there is a harvest. And he has given us potential to harvest. We're talking about a harvest that can be done. You know, you remember when Jesus said, you will do greater things than I have done? That's what the Lord wants us to do. He told us we would do greater things. Why in the world did he say that if it's not true? It's because it is true and it's because we need to do so so he has given us all the machinery to start digging the harvest we have received the spirit we have received the power we have received the passion we have received the joy we have received the tools we have received the fields we have received the commands the directions, and we have received the example, have you not? So we should be harvesting on full speed. I mean, we should be harvesting like no, nobody else. Just look at this machinery. You know, the hopper at the front can be, I don't know how many feet up, up to 30 feet now. You can harvest like crazy. I want to introduce to you some of the harvest fields, the soybeans uh, in Brazil. It just goes uh, unreal. Get on the next one there. There are 15 combines on each side, 15 on the other, and one in the middle. And you see behind the dark spots are already the tractors with the seeding machines already putting in the, 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 the seed for next year. So the kingdom of God has the potential to harvest like this. That's what we have been given to be able to accomplish. You know, this place, it should be packed and we should be working on second service and third service by now because of the amount of people. Now, we were talking about yesterday, uh, some group, that we were... I think it was at your place. Uh, in Saskatchewan, we have only one million people. The whole province has only one million, so you rarely see a person. But that's not the case here. Here, you know, when you are stuck in traffic, you see people everywhere. You see, it just your rush hour is just unbelievable. People after people after people, houses after houses after houses, and you go into some big events, you see thousands upon thousands of people everywhere, everywhere. And somehow we pass by these people, we don't see them, or we might even see them. We do have the potential to harvest, but somehow it's not happening. So we have received power. We have received the Holy Spirit. I am insisting with that. We have received the fields. We have a direct command received from God. And we have Jesus. Jesus. Do you think when Jesus left, what did he say? Okay, you guys are on your own. You know, I, I did my share. I'm hopping back up, go back to heaven. You're on your own now. Is that what he said? No. He said, I will be with you until the end of the age. So he is with us. Jesus, the creator of the universe, he said it himself. He is with us. Okay, now we got it all the potential, the harvest, but we're stuck. We're stuck. We're not moving. And I have been wondering, and I'm not saying that it's, uh, we're stuck here at this Marca Missionary Church. We, we, we might be pretty much stuck here too. What we're talking about in general, many, many churches are, are declining. You were even talking about some churches that are closing down and there will be this year some of, about some 300 churches will be closing down and selling the buildings. And. So what about all the potential? What about everything that's happening and, and for some reason we are not moving knowing that we have everything? Well, we look like this, stuck in the mud, without able to move, to paddle. Why is it? What in the world is holding us back? What is keeping us paddling or even treadmilling? You know what a treadmill is? Have you one at home? I have one at home. You make steps and steps and steps, and you don't ever leave the place. It's a very simple explanation of what a treadmill is. You just walk and walk and walk, and you stay right there. Could it be, just think with me, could it be that for some reason we are a little bit like a treadmill in our Christian walk, knowing that they have the potential to do all the things we were meant to do, but for some reason we did not move. What's the reason? Well, I've been wondering. There might be some strongholds. There might be something that holds us uh, in chains. It holds us back. It doesn't want us to move. Have you ever noticed that there are certain things you are not able to do. And you don't even know the explanation as to why you are not able to do certain things. So, as sure as my name is Arthur Esau, I know that there are many Christians who have a stronghold in their life. And when we talk about stronghold, let's put it plain and simple. A devilish one, a satanic one, holding us back. It's harming them. It's wrecking their spiritual life because they are absolutely not moving. It's contaminating the life of, them, of their own life, of the life of their family, and the life of the church. The devil has found an unclean place within, within, and he is building a nest. Could it possibly be? A beachhead. I had to look that one up. Beachhead, a noun, is an initial accomplishment that opens the way for further developments. Something hidden, something not confessed, something wrong in the past or in the present. As a little thing holding there, yeah, you can do bumbling all over the place, but I hold you here. Certain things you can't go any step further in your life because you somehow, for some reason, the devil is telling you, you know, you're, I'm holding you back right here because you gave me at one point certain uh, uh, place to do so. In Ephesians 4, 27, neither, it says this, neither give place to the devil. And in verse 30 it says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. So what does it actually mean to give a place to the devil? Let's put it this way. Let's say for the farmers here, you have a 50-acre property somebody comes along the way and say you know would you sell me one acre right there in the middle of your property you decide yeah I'll sell it at that very moment that person has now the right to enter your property and have their nest right there because you sold them one acre so he uses that one acre and as he comes in and goes, you know, he puts garbage on the side and he just cleave, messes up your farm. But he is on his own property because he bought it and you and you sold it. So there he is, and now he is creating confusion. You cannot even kick him out there, out of there. Why not? Well, simply because you sold him a piece. He is right there. Now this is exactly how the devil operates. For some reason, you give him something. He grabs hold of that, and he holds it. And until you reject it, until you cast it out, until you start fighting, it will remain the same. You can try many things, here you go, but you always slack on a short chain. You cannot move. And I'm wondering, what in the world is going on? Sometimes we are blocked. We are afraid of sharing the gospel. Why? Well, he might be holding you. He might not allow you to actually open your mouth because you're scared. You're freaking out. You get scared of what will be the reaction. You don't even know why you have this fear. But you have it. You might have some type of resistance to obedience and to submission. You think you are the head of your own life. And you don't want to share anything. You don't want to uh, submit. We can also them, uh, face demonic strongholds in our own lives, in our families. Could be through an addiction. Maybe there's pride in your life and you don't know how to get rid of it. Is there any pride in your life? Are you a teachable person? Sometimes you don't want to be taught. Sometimes you want to just leave it as it is, you know, you no know, no nobody tells me anything what to do. I'm pretty much good on my own. And this might be a stronghold in your life. Because you always thought it this way. There might be lust, sin. There might be a lack of faith. You might even say, well, I believe in God, but I go so far. And that's how far I go. Think about worship. Have you noticed that some Sometimes we cannot get ourselves to open our mouth to worship God. Have you noticed that? You even want to sing and you just, you can't do it. You come to church and you sit there still and stiff. And all of a sudden, you, you know, you're invited to worship and to celebrate and be free. But, No. Don't get me wrong. There are certain people who have different types of, uh, what would be a good word for this? Uh, um, Personality. personality. I like it. Thank you very much. And they are quieter in nature. That's one thing. But the other thing is, why in the world sometimes you simply cannot sing? Or not even singing. Well, you might not. I don't know the song. Okay, that's fine. But why is it that sometimes in the world you cannot actually worship? praising God for all the things you have done you take it as normal you think no 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 no, no. okay yeah God did this for me but you know I'm doing my own thing we're, talking, we're sitting in the service and we cannot get rid of the no we have to, or, we, or we have a problem we don't know if I'm lifting up my hand what will my neighbor say that's the type of a stronghold that's holding us and, us and will not allow us to be free And the Lord wants us to be free in his house. Not to mess up things. Now we have our own rules and regulations. You know, we have another constitution in this church. And that's okay. We have to have certain order. But there is freedom in the house of God. But sometimes the devil doesn't allow us to Put it out there. We keep it quiet. We hold it in. It might be a stronghold. So we have to think about, okay, what is happening with me? There is also a stronghold in the mind before we go to this text. A stronghold of the mind. It's a lie. Let me try to translate what it means. It is a lie that Satan has established in our thinking that we count as true, but is actually false, a false belief. When we embrace these lies, they will affect our attitudes, they will affect our emotions, they will affect our behaviors. And God wants all of his children to walk, to walk sorry, walk in victory and in freedom, and they're taught and in their lives. We have come to believe that we can only do what we have always done. That's a flat lie. Have you noticed that there are different things you could actually do if you would have tried or if you try? Certain things we don't go any further because no, we have never done this. This is an unknown territory. And if it's an unknown territory, I don't want to go there. I leave it. That might be a stronghold. That's why I like the young entrepreneurs. You know, as my son, Kevin, came with this idea, you know, hey, Dad, there's a, there's a guy, or there's a, there's a group in the university, they wanted to hire me to, uh, to start a business. And they were really insisting. And I was thinking, man, this might be a catch. There might be something. Now, do you have to pay anything to get into this? I asked him. He so, said, yeah, yeah, uh, you have to pay. Uh, there's, you know, there's uh, lots of classes and no pay in the beginning and all this type of thing. And, and uh, well, I started to say, you know what, Kevin, maybe it's not a good idea. But, Dad, I want to do this. The next time he comes home, he had signed a contract. He did it. Thank goodness he did. Because he has taken it, he took it pretty far already. He became now the general manager of Western Canada and that business. And he is only 24 years old. So, Sometimes we do not give certain steps, and I'm talking especially spiritual steps. We don't take them because we think, it's eh, this is an unknown territory, or I'm not quite sure if it's me, if it's God, or whoever it is. So we kind of don't move. Now think about if you have about 10, 15, or even 100 people in the church that all think the same. We will not be moving. We will be treadmilling. And in our spiritual walk, in our uh, ministry in the church, We get, we just do this what we have always done. Because we are scared that if we do something new, we might get some criticism. And there is always a bunch of people saying, no, no, they will try to push you back not to go there, not to do it, simply because, well, they do not want to actually get up, get their butts out of the place and start doing themselves something new. So they feel comfortable, you know, let's everybody keep, everybody here with me, here close by. And we don't move. Nobody moves, everything, we, we keep the status quo. Now, nothing changes. Everything is just about the same. Believe it or not, it is a stronghold. Have you ever heard of territorial spirits, evil spirits? You can read books on these things. They hold us back. They don't want us to move. But remember, the Lord has given us tools... The Spirit, great potential to move on, to grow in our walk, to actually step up and do things different. Sometimes, you know, I, I, you know we, have, we have meetings, all kinds of meetings here. We find ourselves sometimes talking about certain things that are there for years and years and years, and we just talk about them, but we don't move on them. Sometimes we need to stand up and make decisions. And if you hold back in making decisions, we are in a stronghold. And we don't even know about it. Because we mean it good. From the best of our knowledge, this is what we think we need, do, need to do. But when we pray, when we put our knees on the ground... When we search the Lord, all of a sudden new ideas show up. And we will be doing new things. And we will actually do what the Lord told us to do, which is to harvest one or 20, 30 or 100 to one. If everyone wins one person, we are now 100, maybe 120, 130 people here today. I don't know how many exactly, or maybe 150, I don't know. Whatever the amount is. If everyone gets one person this year, we will double it. On the second year, we already have to have a second service. It gets exciting. Think about of a person that you could bring to the Lord. You ripped the guy or the gal out of the hands of the devil, and you brought him to the kingdom of light. Think about the potential of the celebration in heaven. Let alone the one we do here, we we will be doing here. But we don't think about these things. We think about the regular thing, coming to church and you know. What if I told you that the Lord has something more? Can I hear an Amen? amen. Praise the Lord. So that's why, you know, we talk about the strong of our mind. We have come to believe that we can only do what we have always done, but in Romans chapter twelve verses one and two says this, and we read it here to you really quick. It starts with the mind. Romans twelve. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now, this is your true, proper worship. So do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How in the world? Well, by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Remember for the text this morning. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, so you cannot do it through intelligence, let alone through the universities, or through what your mom and dad told you. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have a divine power to demolish strongholds. We are talking a spiritual warfare here. and God is interested and in see the strongholds to be demolished. Whatever is holding you and me back or us as church, or those who are listening online, whatever is holding us back, the Lord wants it demolished, say, demolished to your neighbor. He wants it demolished. Do we agree on that? He doesn't like strongholds. He wants it gone. He wants to be free. He wants us to be free. He's free. He wants us to be free. That's what he wants. So the weapons we fight with, so we have to be very careful what kind of weapons we are going to use are we using to, to deal with our Christian walk what are we using good discipline yeah that's a good one are we using uh, television programs if it's a good program you know if it's a, a, a preacher that preaches the, the true word of God ok ok What are we using to grow ourselves and to become smarter spiritually? What I want to tell you this morning, what we really need to do is really go down on our knees. Go down on our knees and make a deep examination. What in the world is holding us back? What is holding me back to actually become the full potential what the Lord has for me? Well, you might be saying, well, I'm trying hard, Pastor. I'm trying hard. I have really tried hard. May I say, try a little harder. But then also, let me tell you this. The Lord has seen your heart. He sees what you're struggling with. And if you start trying to identify, if you if you're identifying or you're able to identify what is it that's holding you back, you can present that right before the throne of God. He said, Lord, sometimes I just can't worship you. I'm mad at you because certain things didn't happen in my life. I haven't forgiven you for things that happened to me. I have a problem with my brother, my sister. I have a situation to resolve, and I don't know how to resolve it. I have some illness in me, and I didn't want to have them. I'm in fear. Whatever it is that's holding you back, you can present it to the throne of God. One thing is certain. They have divine powers to demolish stronghold. The weapons weapons of God. Divine. They're divine. So we demolish arguments, second Corinthians ten five. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We demolish them. In Jesus' name. And what does it say here? And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. See, the certain things that is holding you back, those are it's in your mind. Your thoughts. You think certain things, and because you think them, you cannot get over them. You think they are true. Well, we are supposed to take captive certain thoughts that are no good. How in the world you take things, your thoughts captive? Well, you, first of all, you identify them. You identify which ones are the thoughts that make you think the way you think and make you act the way you act and make you do or not do the things you do or don't do. Every thought, make it obedient to Christ. Everything that goes through your mind. You make it obedient to Christ. Can you do it? Oh, you can. You sure can. Ephesians six twelve, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And you don't even think that they are not around. Because they are. They are around. And they try to get into your weakness. And it is, like I said, there might be a possibility that you might have sold one little acre in the middle of your 50 acres. He's sitting right there, he's not moving. He's standing there and he's doing whatever he wants to do and he gives you some some type of freedom to do certain things, but you're still here. He's still there holding. That beast needs to be removed. How do you remove these things? How do you demolish a stronghold? How do you break it? You humble yourself, you go on your knees. The Lord will help you identify what it is that's holding you back. And all of a sudden, a giant will rise. A giant in the faith. Because the potential is there in all of us. And the Lord has not spared his spirit. He has given it to all of those of us who believe. He has been generous in the power that he has given us. He has just blessed us with everything. Everything. I mean he has not held anything back, by the way. Praise the Lord for that. First John three eight. The one who does what is sinful of is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. And the reason the Son of Man appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Pure and simple. The reason why the Son of Man appeared in the first place was to destroy the work of the devil. So, as the devil has been working on you, remember there is a deposit in your bank account to destroy the works of the devil in your life. Clear the space. Clear the acres. You got your 50 acres or the 100 acres all for yourself to accomplish and to step on snakes and scorpions and move forward because there is, it has been given to you. Now, I don't want you to leave this place frustrated. Say, well, you yeah, know, but I'm still holding I'm still, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bound. I wonder if you guys have some song in the back there. Is there some song that you can play? I want you to close your eyes. Just a little lower. If you can hold it just a little. What we want to do is, for a... A minute or two, we've got five minutes here. Try to identify what are the things that are holding you back. You can pray out loud, you can speak your voice. Don't be too bothered about your neighbor. But present yourself to the Lord this morning and ask him, Lord, is there something that is holding me back? Is there something something in my life that I need or that need to be demolished? I'm pretty sure you might find something. Even if you have been set free from your sin, you're going to heaven. We're talking about binding loose. Becoming free. Pray it for yourself. Pray it for your family. Pray it also for the church. Pray it for our leadership in the church. We want to move on. We don't want to be paddling or treadmilling or whatever. We want to move on. We have to move on. Time is short. The Lord is coming. People are lost. They need salvation. But Lord, we don't want to be stuck. We don't have time to be stuck. There's a harvest to be collected. You even ask us to open up our eyes and to look at the fields and see and check it out. We have the tendency of falling in the same old. The same old, the same old every day. Even in church, sometimes the same old. Oh Lord, what a shame. You wanted to make all of us a big combine. Huge one. Wide hopper. So we ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would have mercy on us. That you would forgive our sin, Lord. We have been desperately praying for a revival in this place. We need one, and we need your help. And if there is something Lord that you have through your spirit made us identify that has been holding us back we reject that right now in the name of Jesus whether that is fear whether that is lack of desire to worship whether that is not able to open up our mouths to worship whether that is something I cannot, I cannot give, I cannot let go Whether I am not even willing to give to the offering. I want to keep it to myself. Whether this is an unforgiveness towards my brother or my sister or my husband or my wife. Or any family member. Or whether I have not even forgiven you Lord. For things that happen in my life. I ask you Lord help me help everyone that is with me and everyone that is listening in online this morning help us to be free to break the chains because you have called us to be free and if you the son set us free we will be free indeed that's what you said Lord that's what we want to be there's some people struggling with their bodies they're not responding accordingly there's pain in the body he tell you Satan right now you take your filthy hands out of every single body here today You have no place here, get out. I tell you right now, you pick your filthy demons and get out of this place in the name of Yeshua and the name of Jesus. Get out. Get out of the Markham Missionary Church right now. This is a command, this is an order. Under the name of Jesus Christ, who defeated you, out. Holy Spirit, we give you freedom this morning. Come and rest upon us. Bring your joy, the joy of salvation, the joy of the prospect of the future back into our lives. Bring us back, Lord Jesus. Let us be reminded of who we are and out of the deepest of the hole in which we have been taken out of. Let us be reminded today that we have been set free and that's the reason why you, the Son of Man, came to destroy the works of the devil. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for what you are going to do in this place. I see it coming. I see people being released from fear right now. I see people encouraged even to invite other friends and neighbors to come to church. And I see the Holy Spirit releasing the gifts. Lord Jesus, we don't want to do church without you. You might have even tried. But we got stuck in the bureaucracy. We got stuck in the structures. And we have forget, forgotten about your kingdom. So, Lord Jesus... We pray all these things in your name, and may the grace and the peace and the joy and the fellowship of God the Father, and of Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with all of us today and forever. And the people of God say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Have a wonderful Sunday, people. God bless.